This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And joining us um, for the first time since Penrith won the Premiership, I believe, uh, Panthers fan, proprietor of Beyond the Fence, uh, and our good friend, Ben Quagliata. Welcome. Good day, mate. Uh, ben, how are you, first of all? I'm well. It's it's been proven that we're good with or without shit rules. So yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> yep, that is fair enough. And um, so yeah, uh, the reason we've got Ben on this week, not just because it's been a while, but because uh, he wrote a he wrote a piece this week, and uh, he's he's actually sort of caught the hearts and minds of the uh, of the sporting and the rugby league public in general. As uh, local lad slaps down <laughs> Peter Valandis over ridiculous quotes about the state of the game. Am I am I paraphrasing that pretty much correctly, Ben? Well, I, I I was talking to Mitch earlier about this, and I told him I fucked up the SEO when I released the tweet about the article because I didn't say Ben goes whack. So hmm. I, I'm surprised it got more than like three uh, page views. But no, you, I think you pretty much got the paraphrasing right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if people do want to go and find that, we'll put a link in the bio to the podcast. I'm not going to read out a whole Will URL, we? but I mean, it's, it's, it'll take you. <laughs> okay. Was there, any, was there a need for that? Yes, there was. Yeah, okay. Well, congratulations <laughs> to you. So let's start there. Let's let's talk a little about that and I guess the rules in general. We'll get to the games afterwards. But um, yeah, so if people missed this earlier this week, and I think it's been nominated for Rookie Takes anyway, but I mean, there's an article with quotes from Valandis in it uh, over the weekend saying, oh, you know, we, we, we might have to look at the wrestle creeping back into the game with how we've peeled the rules back this year. And, and it's bad that Tom Tavoyevich and James Tedesco aren't taking the absolute piss out of every other player on the field every single time they touch the ball. That's that's a bad thing. Um, to which, you know, even for the most part, his sort of cheerleaders uh, received that those comments with a resounding, what the hell are you talking about? The, the games have been infinitely better this year than they were for the majority of last year. Um, and I think that's pretty much a cross-the-board held opinion by people who at the time thought the six against was a good idea, or if they didn't, I think we can all agree that Games have been more of a contest. There's already probably been more upsets across four rounds of footy this year than there was in the entirety of 2021. Um, and yeah, so Ben, um, what inspired you to go whack, as they say? Uh, it had been a while was the predominant reason. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, a whore for clicks and any sort of content that I can put out there to get even the measliest amount of, of um, views. But no, I, I was just reading it at work, as you do when you're avoiding trying to do actual work. And I saw the thing scroll across uh, my timeline and I clicked on it, had a read, um, gave them a click, gave them the money. So they've won, really. Um, and this is all minutiae. But I just read it and I'm thinking there's been no... like Because you said the fans, right? Like the fans have been inundating me with messages saying, you know, we, we want Ruben Garrick running 130 metres sideways to set up Jason Saab for a try. And I'm I just like, I know I've curated a bit of an echo chamber on my own Twitter. Like that's what Twitter's for, but I haven't even seen like reply guys just, you know, mm. feeding the results so far. Like I think it's been as universally accepted as it's been in, well, since 2019, really. I mean, 
some of the thing, it's so many layers of this. And Ben wrote a fantastic article beyond the fence. We mentioned earlier, you like really did a very impressed sense why he's been we've dragged him on here. Dragged, yes, it's Kicking just um, it's really disheartening because we just keep doing this thing about the on field product and none of it matters. It really doesn't like breaking the sport last year was pr- it was bad for the sport, it was because blowouts are bad, they're just bad in any sport. The point of rules in any sport, we've all been over this, is parity to keep games close, keep them entertaining. And close is generally entertaining no matter the sport you watch, generally how it works. Like no one would watch, you know, the 100 meter race in, in if, if you watch 100 meter sprint and one guy won by 50, like, you know, half the length every time. That's not how it yeah. works. People, people want to watch close contests and you just see this come out and it's like, again, what problem are you solving? What is the issue you're solving? And it's inundated with, the straw man who doesn't exist, these fans who are hitting him up, or it's Des Hasler's personal line about bitching about it. There's the there was an actual line in there, as as Ben said, that mentioned specifically players like Tom Dvojevic and Dane Tedesco aren't the same players they were last year because the balance, he uses the word balance like he knows what it means, has gone too far. Mm. There's that, but there's also talking about like the the rucks too slow in the you know in the defensive sixty as opposed to when it was in the yardage 40, they've changed the penalty rules. So they want penalties to stay, but they want the ruck to be faster. They want more ticks again. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shirking of responsibility. It's a lot of they. They have to fix it. Like, this is our rules. We're not changing rules, but they, being the referees, have to fix it by implementing it. Fix what? I don't know. But eliminate the wrestle. Uh, fix that. Do what? Like, just... It doesn't make any sense, mate. It's, it keeps happening... And what it's so hard to understand is what is the end goal of all of this still? Because what does it mean? What does it mean next week if there's five or six more six agains and teams blow out a little uh, bit more? What does it actually uh, mean for the I mean, for the game? Actual good of the game, not for what me, you, Ben, or Talking Heads watch it for, right? Not what does it actually mean in dollars and cents for the actual fucking good of the game next week if they just well, change the rules again? At his core, Belandis is a gambling man a pokies man a horse racing man and, and and at this point he reminds me of like a problem poker machine player who no matter how much they win will keep playing until it's all gone and this is the latest example of something like that ben's pointing at himself in that regard as well but like for to use an analogy i mean they he's won he he was down on his luck in 2021 they'd like he'd put hundreds and hundreds of dollars through the machines and lost it all the first couple of rounds of this year, he, he hit the jackpot. He was out of debt. He was. He got a feature. He's like, oh my god, yep. I'm back. Yeah, but that <laughs> to a lot of people, and maybe he's just one of those people. That's not enough. Apparently, it's not enough that people are happy, and that all of us, I guess, like fr- from the snarkiest of online people like us to the dumbest of the game was better back in the '70s dinosaurs. Like all of us were relatively happy with the state of the game throughout the first month. But apparently that's not enough. And I think our friend, uh, friend of the show, Jack Cronin, posted the stats when he took umbrage with this article himself about both Tommy and Teddy had like really good games this week. I think they both had over 200 meters and multiple try involvements. So the timing of those quotes couldn't have been more confusing or worse either. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the end goal is. I don't know if there is one, to be honest. It just no. smacks to me like someone who will never be satisfied with what's in front of them. Well, this quote, mate, this one makes no sense. All we want to do is make sure we enforce the policy, okay? Which is, now this is a policy, Bungard. I've not heard this before, but the policy is we're not going to tolerate the wrestler slowing down the ruck. 
Hmm. Fratee brings out the brilliant players. Is that that sort of policy? It's just the yeah. thing you say. Like wrestle means nothing. Fatigue you're, means nothing. It's you're, just vibes. It's just vibes, man. Yeah. It's just vibes. You're taught to. And by the way, like everyone, every kid that plays footy is taught this. Like at a young age, to roll, roll them onto their back when you tackle but them and, and to win the ruck. Every sport ever. Yeah. Like. It's uh, like you know you can't you can control the pace of the game to some level, right? But it's same thing. If you watch the NBA, right? Some teams want to play play faster than the other teams, and in the NRL, it's the same thing. Some teams want to play faster than others, and mm. there's obviously some extents you can go to to control that. And they ruined that balance. The wordy loves balance last year. They've acknowledged that without acknowledging it by changing that rule back. And it seems like they what they want is they want teams, so they want to give other teams a chance field position by giving them penalties. And then from then they want fatigue ball to kick in in the 50. Yeah. It's like they want teams to just have continuous possession to the other team collapses. So it's like, we'll give you, we, we want to give you the leg up out of your end because you couldn't get out of it last year. But then from then we want teams just to have the ball the whole time or something. It seems to be, he it, wants more six against. We, we just go around in circles with this stuff, mate. There's all, yeah. all, already this week. Oh, should we bring back the five minute sin bin? When the fuck was it? Was that before we were born, by the way? I never remember that being in the game. And yeah, at least once a year, that yeah. that chat comes up. The orange and then card. The, yeah, the orange, orange card. card. Like, yeah. um, oh, and, and draft chat has inexplicably started again. Not sure how that will help. But, just oh, can't stop um, fucking with things. But the, what, what it is, is like for, for fans and mediums, we always talk about this stuff. We always mm. will talk about tweaking rules and that kind of thing. And in yeah. the end, it doesn't really matter because none of the changes he's making is going to make somebody turn the TV on next week and watch rugby league. And that's what his job was really supposed to be about is getting more people to watch the game, more money go into it. And I went back on Twitter to a quote from uh, David Stern when they brought in like, <laughs> over a decade ago, <laughs> when, they, when, they, when they announced they were bringing in the broadcast partners into the dressing rooms and Scott Skiles, one of the coaches, fired up about it. And essentially, David said, told, told him to go fuck himself. He's like, <laughs> well, in one hand, I have $8 billion from the broadcast partners. In the other hand, I have Scott Skiles. <laughs> I want to believe he did jazz hands when he said Scott Skiles. Like, really well, patronizing. Yeah. Well, da- da- Scott Skiles is the NBA single game assist leader. So there's a bit of respect there, please. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and then the other comparison they made. So that's actual functional innovation that brought mm. in dollars and cents. And the comparison to that article, and it's from the House of Strauss, they make compares it to Adam Silver now, who thinks he's innovative. Yeah. But he's not. And it's the same thing as the current people in charge now. Innovation we had in rugby league was doing new things. It wasn't changing the game a lot. So doing new things. Like the Auckland Nines was a different format of the game, but it was a new thing that went to And we watched audience. it. We enjoyed it. We did. It went to Perth, new audience. It was a new thing. They did new things at the grand final. They brought in, like, Michael Moore went there. It was controversial, but it was great. Great coverage, new things. New things for new people. They were doing that. And whilst a lot of hardened fans didn't care for those things. They're going to watch anyway. It's about bringing in new audiences. And whilst me and you and Ben are going to keep watching the game now, even if they fuck it up, that doesn't bring anyone new and just pisses off what you've got currently. Like, And Adam Silver's lost a lot of the NBA audience right over there. He's lost a lot of their audience and they're taking whatever david said would not copper the level of tanking that's happening right now by the way god <laughs> but they've lost audience over there whatever and over here we have the same guys who every week think there's some bingo they're going to hit that it's going to make the game better that there'll be something next week one day it's going to go bang that was the perfect game of sport ever everyone's going to watch it yeah it's like this and there's really easy things that we've talked about on here that they could do if they actually did want uh if they actually did want things to um, 
like things that would be innovative and draw new people. Names and numbers on jerseys will make you millions of dollars and it's such an easy thing to do. I don't know why we don't do that. And then there's things like you mentioned Macklemore there. Like I, I don't think was it Shepherd last year or like Mossy? Like Ian Moss is an Australian legend, but like he would already be pretty popular in rugby league circles. I doubt there's a single fan of Ian Moss that's tuning in to watch the grand final. Amy Shark, already watch rugby league. Well, she's great. But like, again, it's like get someone that is popular with non-rugby league. Or get five sauce. Like throw the bank at them. Like get like, like it's not well, like yeah, what else happened though, by the way? Like, like, it, it, Super Rugby changed its rules, right? Did you turn mm. on? I didn't know they'd done that. Well, there you go. Because that doesn't <laughs> fucking matter to you, does it? And you're a sports fan. And I'm a yeah. sports fan. Super Rugby have changed their rules how many times? They've changed the format how many times? It doesn't fucking matter because it's still the, the shithouse Reds, the Waratahs, the Brumbies. Nobody cares. It's the same stuff. We still play Kiwi teams nobody cares about. And get pumped they, by 50 by all like, the Kiwi teams. No one cares. And that's yeah. the same thing now, mate. No matter what rules they change, it's not going to be for the benefit of the game. And rule changes, obviously, there's good ones that are great. Like the two-point field goal one was fantastic. But again, yeah. I don't think anyone turned on because of it. No. And that's the tough part with these rule changes. And there'll be more we'll touch on. Want to let Ben touch on the, the numbers he put up, but there is other ones like the captain's challenge thing. Hmm. Good change, right? And now they want to bring in more rules of how you can challenge. Yeah. Like, so people, if you didn't watch this weekend, and it's happened last season too, but, and we've mentioned in the past, but it happened last year when the Roosters beat the Broncos. They went, but they went back and challenged the prior play and found high contact. If you didn't know you could challenge all, but that happened. Challenged the game happened. like three weeks earlier. Yeah. Well, actually. The, yeah. This preseason, the Storm did it in a preseason game. And then Friday night, the, the, I don't even think Cook really deliberately gave a penalty away. They were kind of confused. Like they were called, like, Cam Murray offloaded it, hit the ground. Lane Martin dove on it and fumbled it. And then Damien Cook was holding held him. They were looking at the referee calling challenge. And then they got, there was a penalty given. Ashley Klein, she let them challenge, went back and reviewed it. And mm. ball came back to South. Brisbane tried to do the same thing. Jake Turpin got sin binned. But now they're saying like, Essentially, that if you challenge, if you give away a penalty, a deliberate penalty, and then try to challenge, you'll be sin bin. It's idiotic. It's like uh, you're, all, you're, all, you're already taking an inflated risk by giving away a penalty. The penalty, yes, thinks, the penalty if, is the penalty. <laughs> if Damien Cook thinks he's seen a knock on and intentionally gives away a penalty, and then there is no knock on, they've just and, surrendered like forty meters of field position, and they lost their challenge. Well, that too, yeah. So, but instead, we're gonna they're gonna go. Because it's this quest for this speed that doesn't say that doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't. But this, the how dare that player give away a penalty and then dare ask to stop the game again with a challenge? Even though we brought the challenge in, how mm. dare he ask? So essentially, it means like because you can if the game stops, if you have a terrible referee call and it's your own drop ball and you die back on it, you can challenge all of those drop balls, right? Every single one. But you're essentially saying that we've been in situations already that with one referee mistakes happen. We've seen some where guys have clearly knocked the ball back and they challenge. You're saying to me that in the future, someone could like fumble a kick over their head, an opposition player pick it up, and then if they give away a penalty, not only will they cop that wrong call, that player will be sin binned and they'll get and they'll get penalized. Yeah, it's it's beyond it's beyond silly. Um I don't know. Yeah, I think the game. Right now, I still preferred it in like 2018, 19, but I think it's it's pretty yeah. good. I've enjoyed the first month, despite my own team not playing particularly well. But I don't know these you mate these 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 things aren't bringing in new fans. They're just to appease the same 
tired old audience. They don't even every appease single. Them, they don't. Yeah, they just attempt. Sorry, attempting to appease the same tired old. Everything was better in the 1980s audience. They're not bringing they're, in my fellow Tasmanians to watch the uh, game. I wouldn't then. have thought so. They're not. Um, anyway, you want to touch so, on some of yeah. the, the great things you mentioned in your article about the, the parody and the, and the, well, the numbers and things. So like I that. didn't really go in with a plan, but I thought, I, well, the main thing was, you know, we had a, a bunch of uh, unbeaten teams at this point last year and a bunch of winless teams. And I just thought, oh, well, there's a lot more like two and two teams now. So like that's a, a like a factor of evenness. But I went and looked at the actual numbers. And I think the thing that stood out to me was that at this point last year, there was a 216 point difference between the uh, between Penrith, who were plus uh, 90 odd, and Manly, who were minus 120 odd. Whereas this season, that exact, like that same difference throughout the first four rounds is exactly half of that. And that also includes like the weekend, which has probably been the most blowouty weekend we've had so far, where there was a 44 nil result and a 48-14 result, and yet it's still, like, the Bulldogs got, like, dicked, right? They, they got And there were some 40, great 40, tries 0. this weekend. There were. There was some, like, cutty party, it's back. But the, yeah. So the Bulldogs got dicked 44-0, right? And therefore, and against, is still, like, not even half as bad as what they were last last year, which is a hu- minus 106. Yeah, they've been, they've been discussing, and you mentioned as well, like, there was, the try scoring was ruined, but we want to set, the man had three guys score 20-plus tries last year, just terrible. And like we go through a couple of rounds, and it's because we haven't got like garbage fall over tries, people the guy running the game's upset with the the level of play, like An unreal crash ball for, for Tommy. Yeah, it's like in that Eels game this weekend when they put points on the Dragons, they scored like four worldies. They scored some awesome tries, and it's like, so we, would you just rather replace those with hit ups? So <laughs> if we get there faster, we'll just go direct to the line. I guess it's just so. But... The gladiatorial element is lost. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he just he knows how to please the right stakeholders still give the clubs more control. Listen to the coaches. Listen to the players. Even though, like, well, actually, listen to the players. So listen to the coaches, whatever. Hmm. Even though, again, no matter how many angry phone calls you get from Des Hasler, he's not going to give you an extra cent, mate. Like, that doesn't make more people going to watch the game. The NRL shouldn't actually care about those like their opinions matter but decision making shouldn't come from the coaches yeah so it shouldn't yeah like you mentioned the inflated tries like we all know yeah uh johnston who's probably could break ken Evans record with another year of last year's rule sets but he got <laughs> but he got 30 tries but then so last year um i'm trying to read my article at the same time so yeah last year 43 players had 10 plus tries and uh, five of them had 20 plus tries Whereas uh, two or 2019, which I think is the universally accepted before times, only 26 players had double digit tries and only one of them cracked 20. And then you look at the try assists and Cody was a, like, had a ridiculous season with 37. And then you got 2019, Mitch Moses had 25 and there's only two other guys who had 20 plus. But I think my biggest worry isn't what it is right now, but it's like, you look at the way we talk about, and this is me bring up my NBA side because that's probably the thing I talk the most about mm-hmm. but like we NBA had its 75th anniversary right this year and they were recognizing all the stars from the years gone past and there's like legacy spots for like the guys from the 50s and the 60s like you know not even just you Wilt Chamberlains but like a bunch of other guys who like you plonked them as is back in their era in today's and they'd be like bench players it's just it's a reality if you just put what they did 
And I feel like that's kind of the way we're going to view these seasons in future because like, oh, well, it was easier back then. Like there was no mm-hmm. difficulty in scoring. Like it's effectively the 60s with Bill Russell, like winning 11 titles in a row because like Alex Johnson scored 30 tries and he probably ran 30 meters combined to do it. Whoa, hey, ho, ho. There was that one against the Roosters from the scrum where he ran like 60 meters. There you go. But yeah, as as you said there, it's like, and we're chasing that feeling of that past, mate, for some reason. It's like, you just, we've been over this a lot, but you can't just make teams worse. That's what it was. You need to make bigger disparity within teams. But they talk about balance. They keep saying balance, but also mentioning they want guys like Tedesco and Dvojevic killing the competition. It's like, that's not balance. It's That's not imbalance, actually. You're, yeah, you're artificially creating <laughs> like false numbers, like dumb. Who cares? Like, it seems like they just care about the try number. That's all they care yeah. about. It's bizarre. Like, but other real numbers too. Last year, I looked at the ratings last year. If you remember, round four, we did we did round four last year as well about the rules. Ratings were down a shitload. They're up fourteen percent this year on last year's. Like those, that's, that's, with people, that, that's with people going out as well, by the way. Like we were stuck yeah, at home last year. At we time. were. And ratings were down, and then the, the ratings are up fourteen percent this year but we're st- like what are we fixing they they referees they've got to fix it and the referees like for mine that they've had a pretty poor season but when you're expected to adjudicate on 47 different things that change every week i i feel sorry for the refs because so the, goal, the goalposts have been shifted but it's also like we want to introduce fatigue into the game from the player side but i think we what we don't realize yeah. is referees <laughs> fatigue as well so if isn't, it, like isn't, it, isn't it going to be minute, funny when this entire malarkey goes completely full circle in like a year or 18 months time and we have mm. two refs again well the coaches <laughs> wanted this off season they didn't listen to that one they did they but you want to fix up next- yeah if only we had a dedicated official to focus on the ruck and clean up the wrestle what a, what a novel concept. That dastardly wrestle that came back even though it never actually left. Yeah, but how many like really average knock-ons and forward passes are missed now? Because there's one pair of eyes there. Like just so many of them. Mm. And that's what we can't go back to. I know we had well, one, the, the one. Yeah, well, the one that Damien Cook gave a penalty away yeah. for. Like if there's a yeah. second ref who's in the pocket, he sees that. So but like, like, every almost every major sport in the world doesn't have one pair of eyes anymore. Football does, yeah. but it's a bit different. It's also VR, but it's a different sport in that sense. But it's, you know... It, it's not as on ball as other sports are, if you get No. Me. But, like, you know, NBA, NFL, big sports, multiple officials. Cricket, multiple tennis. Of eyes, cricket, tennis. They get them all wrong still. They do get it wrong. They do. But there's more pair of eyes. And we, we've worn four. We have a million video camera angles. We can see referees' mistakes more than ever. But we went back to one of them. And then also, we want them to do more than ever. We want them to keep adding new rules and new interpretations. And they have to do it on the fly. And then if they don't do it, it's not. We haven't failed to enforce rules. It is they. And I, that's the thing I hate the most is they. When I hear the, the NRL talk about the referees is they, not we. Like that's, they're you. They're you. The NRL and the referees work for you. They're part of the NRL. Like, but it just, as you said, it sounds like they got the gambler at the pub bungard. Just someone else's fault, mate. The machine's not paying out tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, the, it's just been, it's just tough to see, mate. Because I mean, enjoying rugby league again and you hear this stuff and mm. you think, are we going to have some more? Sorry, we're not. We know we're going to have interpretation changes this weekend or the weekend after. We're going to have some more weird rule changes this year, maybe. I'm and just happy for who, at least what? that I haven't seen a single person endorsing those quotes. Even people who, when he was appointed, praised the appointment of Peter Volandis. I haven't seen a single person back up because back him all up. All those this people week. ate that garbage up last year. For some reason, and then the moment this year started, it was like, "Oh, my team's a chance. <laughs> this is all right." 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised people read the article because it was more than 140 characters and didn't have any videos in it. That's good. Yeah, that's true. That's a tough one, though, videos. We should, I said we should put a book on tape to help you out there. <laughs> but it's like, snappy, uh, chatty, or You should have just read the whole book out on this podcast. No, uh, yeah. uh, no, no one needs to hear that. But the fans <laughs> are screaming out for it, mate. Yeah. They are. They all, And like, as you said, there was no supporters. And while some people have got it a bit weird with how they, they've re- responded to it, like, Blaming the younger generation was a real good one. Uh, the the like, crispy yeah, creams, yeah, as if the young generation people out there at home screaming like change their game, change. Yeah. I, I, you know they're not. <laughs> but, uh, but like e- even that Daily Telegraph article that was also addressing this stuff, even that was like mentioned Tom and and James having like great stats on the weekend, and that all yeah, of this and, was just silly. That, last quote he said is that. Penalties have shot through the roof. It was the right decision for penalties inside the team's 40, but they still have to enforce the rest of the field. If they do that, the balance will come back. It's all about enforcement. Again, what does balance mean? They've hardly given any six agains when the teams are attacking and players are laying all over them, wrestling and slowing down the ruck. What does that mean? Why is wrestle equal balance? None of it means anything. Like the, the wrestle never left. It's still always been there. It never will go away. Balance and, is in competitiveness. That's what balance And also is. there are people... For better or worse, mm. and this is this applies to politics, this applies to TV shows, plus anything, who will never be fully satisfied with what the program is and always think change is a good idea, even if something is as good as it could possibly be. As evidenced by the fact that last year, when they had those polls, if you remember, we 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 went through a bunch of those state of the game polls that people voted on, and we had like what 60, 70 percent saying they thought the new six again rules were great, if you remember. Yeah. yeah, do you know how many in this Daily Telegraph has got a poll? Have you enjoyed the six again rule change for 2022? Yes, 80%. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, so like it'll, it'll always be this way. People will always, there will always be an element of fans that want to complain about everything. And that, and look, as a general rule at this point, I've gotten to the stage where if someone tries to talk about footy and they use the term the wrestle, I just, in my yeah. head, I immediately know I can discount their opinion and that they don't have an independent thought in their body and they're just regurgitating mm. what some old fuck said on NRL 360 the night before. It, and it that's fine. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Change, it really doesn't. Like, change happens in sports naturally. Rules obviously always have to be updated and changed mm. over time. They do. Yeah. But again, most of the good sports in the world, it is gradual and slow change. What change happens in like a team finds a way to exploit X, Y, or Z. That team gets yeah. above other teams. Other teams catch up. Everyone can do that now. Okay, let's change again. Like, you know, NBA, the stretch big was a thing, huge for like five years. Not so big now because there's a lot more good shooters. You know, like the teams have gone, like there's Davis Bertan's got a bazillion dollars because he could shoot and he was tall. Like there's still stretch bigs, but it's like it was taking over the NBA. And now because a lot of shooters are better in general and, you know, you don't. Not everyone has a stretch big anymore. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you bigs. you you can't win anything with a mobile quarterback. You need a statuesque pocket yeah. passer, and then like guys like Patrick yeah, Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson put paid to that. And so Jared Goff, yeah. I mean, of course, of course. Four four two is a thing for like forty years in football. Now everyone plays four two three one. Yeah. Or 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 four triple two. And, and the, and the rules it, did not change. Consider playing four four two would be considered absolutely archaic, like for anyone other than like Burnley and whatever team Sam Allardyce yeah. is currently coaching. It's the same. How, even how embarrassing even, playing four four. I'm not going to get into the nerdy shit with you guys, but even poker, like the game theory of poker, has changed so much between now and even three to five years ago. And that's just how sports and games and any sort of the royal flush, you virgin. 
Stop it. Taylor, um, I, I would it, like a six again in poker, but just give me more cards. Six more cards. Can I play hand versus deck, please? Uh, you'll probably but beat it, me if we do that. It's just but, tough, yeah. mate, because I was really beaten down over the rule change the last couple of years. And yeah. then whilst I didn't think I want the 60 and gone in general, but I was at whatever, this is better still. There's still going to be terrible against again, because for some reason he hasn't clicked yet that they're not enough of a punishment. So teams do not care about giving them away. They're not enough. And then sometimes they're enough to punish a shithouse team going poorly, whatever. But most of the time they're not punishment enough. They're not, so teams don't care about giving them away. They're going to slow it down. I mean, down. there's been a six again off every attacking scrum this year from every team, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's all the time. And then the, the other parts of it too is how often do we still see they get done and then the team who has Tackle the ball, zero, like, drops the ball the into sideline or drop it. Yeah. It's like it's ridiculous. great advantage I, I, they got there. I, 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 I think like that is one. Our, oh, sorry, you go. No, I was going to say, I think we had our first penalty on the 41 meter line as well oh, over the weekend. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, so I, referees have got it wrong a bit now because, again, you get in, they ask yeah. them to change the rules as the field moves, and sometimes you've, they're going to get it wrong. You've heard guys yell at six again, and they go, oh, shit, and give a penalty. Like, it's happened multiple times at the first one. Yeah. I will say, one thing you could do if you were insistent on keeping this and you want it, just make the six again play a free play. So, uh, six again, 10 meters out. Great, we'll kick it to Xavier Coates, or we'll... We'll, we'll we'll try to throw a thirty meter cutout ball because we've got I hate a free you said play. This. Get I'm cutting this out. I don't want more rule suggestions. No, I'm this. saying if I know, I'm saying if I don't. you actually want to make a change that will help rather than this nonsense giving away six again where the penalty is literally nothing. Yeah, that would be a, yeah. that would be an alternative. Or and then you, you sin bin someone. <laughs> some well, no, well, that's, that's the other thing. I, my yeah. uh, my other very simple rule change, which I've had for years. If you are that concerned about deliberate penalties inside the attacking zone, the rule is if if you concede a penalty inside your own 20, you're off the field until your team has the ball again. Not a 10-minute sin bin, not a five-minute sin bin. You're just off the field until you get the ball back. So you might have to defend with 12 or even 11 if you do it more than once. Those are actual rule changes that would benefit teams attacking on the opposition try line, not just mindlessly getting rid of penalties and having 60 yeah. and saying, well, the wrestle's gone. If you want to watch a code of rugby with endless possession, it exists. And fuck off That's, and watch it. You can kick exactly. the ball from your own 40 in that one as well. And I was raised on shit, that code. Shit. And it's shit. He likes shit rugby. He can watch that one. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just um, it's just been exhausting. Like I was getting my faith back, and like obviously I still I said there was a change that I that still that I don't love, and it will still be explored forever. But the gangs are more competitive. I was enjoying league more, and then you still find out they're not happy. The quest will never end. With the current administration, the quest for making the game better in air quotes will never end. <laughs> I do like that. Ricky said, Oh, it's, it's a lot of teams had injuries last year, this year. And a lot of the top bottom eight teams have really improved their rosters. I was like, thanks Ricky. Well, uh, the funny thing with Ricky's is obviously the other coach, it's most likely Dez. Oh it, yeah. <laughs> uh, that he's in it for himself. It also, it, Ricky's whilst we all agree with him, he's also in it for himself. His team sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> they sucked last year as well. But uh, I did like that Ricky said something, you know, because he's one of the very few coaches that some News Corp journalists listen to. So he'll help well, move was, the narrative. Am I right in saying that the Storm this weekend were the first team to score 40 and then Parramatta did it like two hours later and that's it for the year? Yeah. 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 And there was lots of good tries. And that's it. You know, when you leave the game alone, blowouts still do happen. They just happen naturally. Well, we, we've yeah, gone from a- like... You know, betting the un- uh, the overs with uh, again, DJ's coming out here, but like with complete yeah. assurity, betting the overs and like six different try scorers. Like they're probably going to hit three or four over the weekend. Um, 
And yeah, now, like, well, the, this... I'm pretty sure the points line has moved like ten points in since the start yeah. of the season to now. It has well, I mean, we had this week. We had the, the disgraceful eight six game and a forty four nil and a forty eight fourteen. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we've, we've talked about this for, I think more than half an hour now, so, which is fine. It's been great chat, but it, it means, you know, unfortunately some games will not get the coverage they deserve. I'm getting you, get, you get three fine. angry white dudes on a podcast, mate. <laughs> yeah. it. You just go for hours. Natural <laughs> habitat starts. Yeah. And... Every podcast is hosted by the same three dudes. Or two it is, dudes yeah, or exactly. <laughs> um, but we, we should talk about the most West Tigers loss in the history of West Tigers losses. If we go all the way back to last Thursday, uh, Gold Coast eight. West Tigers six. We were so close to the first trialless game in 29 years. Um, I, I don't understand taking the two when you're up by two and you just invite them to have a short no, kickoff I, and get the ball back. I, I don't I get do it. understand it, but I was with everyone on the, like that is the right call for 15 teams. <laughs> <laughs> they won the on the Discord about it, and the Tiger fans are all losing it. Like they were on our Discord losing, it. they're gonna lose after kicking the two. And I, and like I would usually laugh at people. I'm like, fuck, you're the Tigers. You are gonna lose after kicking that two. <laughs> and they did kick that, and then they had a terrible set after it. And then all of a sudden the Titans are back and score the worst try of all time. That one, you know, we talk about co- tries of kicks should be worth less. That one should have been worth less. <laughs> but like, like somehow Jock Madden bottles that and falls over and the Titans score and win. And it was just the most Tigers and potentially most Titans game of all time. The Titans keep one-upping themselves every week, but that was just it. And we, I know people thought like, oh, you're not going to see us supporting your team after one game, but it's like, there's just only so much punishment you can take as a fan of sport, right? The Tigers, like I would forgive any friend of mine who was a Tigers fan who just said, you know what? I'm going for nobody or I'm going <laughs> for someone else. I'm watching rugby league, but I can't do this anymore. Um, because my dad's a Tigers fan, and I texted him after the game, like, "Did you watch the game?" And he's like, "Do you mean that farce?" And just yeah. left it at that. I think he's a broken man, or he's a yeah. very jaded man. He's like, I think a lot of Tigers fans just waiting till next year now. Like, that's all you can do. Yeah, a friend of mine called me the next day, and he said, "He said, Mitch, he said, am I broken?" <laughs> he's like, "I was happy they con- only considered eight points." I was like, oh my fucking God, they've broken you. You were like, out of that game, you're like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. Like, you, that was, <laughs> what do you mean? They've, they've shattered you. Like, just terrible. And it's, again, in those small moments, like all they had to do after they kicked that goal was like one good set. And Luke Brooks put a really good kick in by accident, if you saw that. I don't believe it was on purpose because it's Luke Brooks. Like, this, like five minutes ago, he put a kick in right in the corner and one of the Titans dropped. What to do was like repeat that set, have a solid set and kick into the corners. And they can't do it. They have to invent a new way to lose. And some of their fans were positive because they only considered eight points. Like this club. (laughs) (laughs) Are are we sure there isn't a draft coming in? Because that's the only explanation for some of the decisions that they... Like, is there a... Like the the LeBron James of college rugby league that's coming through that the Tigers like, yes, we want that kid. (laughs) They'd ruin him anyway, mate. Like this, just how it works. They draft Darko. In 2005, they made a deal with the devil who was short-sighted and they, they traded on that. And since then, that's, that's what they how get. Many is- years, how many years have to go? Like, let's say that is real. How many years have to go on past 05 before they're like, we should Bob- not have made this Bobby deal Lane. With the what? Yeah, Bo- the, Bo- the Bobby Lane curse. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's uh, the Detroit Lions. They traded away their quarterback in like the 50s. And he's like, mm. you're never going to win a playoff game in my lifetime. And- wow. Is Bobby Lane still alive? 
I think he is. Oh, well. Why has nobody killed him? Yeah, go kill him, Ben. What are you doing? I don't know. Be exa- I, I, I might have fucked up the exact curse, but it's along um, those lines. Oh, no, he died 30 years ago. They're, they're, yeah. a club, they're a club. They've been in the finals three times in They have the longest what, finals drought. Years. They no, do. right? The Warriors the longest, got in yeah. two years ago. They came eight. So, yeah. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah, yeah. We played the but, Warriors in round one in 2018. But three times in their existence. And like I know they've made some okay signings for next year. We like some of their signings, some good ones. But you just see stuff like this, and then you find out Brooks is in like $1.1 million next year. Somehow they back ended a deal to that level. And you're just like, well, this this is fucked. Like, what? You don't have to do that to yourself anymore. It's like, I don't know. It's like a victim of abuse. It's like, you know, there's other options here. You can call someone about this. Like, you can stop. <laughs> Let's get, let's, okay, that's it. We're setting a hotline up, Bungard. <laughs> yeah. we do that. Can, can, I, can I say, by the way, and, and actually, like, this is this was hilarious. Like, um, Fox Sports are like Nine's chief rival, right? And Fox mm. Sports' rap of this game was headlined by something I wrote on Twitter. Like, that was their headline of their story about good. this game. Like, that is so, like, I still can't quite believe that that happened, but just had me and Campo. It just it was just tweets and better for me and some go, other people yes. just saying it's time to just give up on the tigers and you know what all of you it is it is until next give year up until they earn until they earn it back like like obviously we're being slightly facetious like i would i mean i sat through I'm not, no we yeah. i am because i mean i still went to every basically every south home game from like 2002 to 2000 and well i mean a long time after that but um it's like eight years bunga that's this is way longer than eight years uh, Mitch, and we didn't you, win a final. We didn't win a finals game until I was twenty-three years old. Yeah, and uh, that's eight years ago. Well, yeah, but there's no. the twenty. <laughs> there was there was the there was the we didn't win a. So I went to my first game in ninety-nine. We got kicked out of the comp. Came back, made one final in 07, Got pumped mm-hmm. by Manly, and then didn't make the finals again until we won in the second week of the finals in week. Uh, in 2012, so we didn't win a finals game from 1987 to 2012. That's still, you've had you had a quarter, you've, you've had like over a third of your life now. South has been okay. That's uh... no, but the, yeah, pretty much. I guess like, the they, were okay. years, they were okay. They, they were okay. Here, they were okay. Right. They were. Right. The Last wooden spoon had, was 06. Have been shit for are, all but three years. There are much. kids nearing the end of high school who have no idea what it's like to see the Tigers That's like actually, win a finals yeah. game when you put yeah. it like that. Yeah. Like yeah, they they it just has been terrible that whole time, and I know people live back off that two thousand and five. That's almost twenty years ago now. Like mm. it's terrible. It it is the worst fan experience in Australian rugby league. I don't know. I can't say Australian sport because yes. I don't know enough about I think AFL. There's a team that hasn't won since the sixties, and they made a grand final once, and it was a draw. And instead of going to Golden Point, they just went back the next week and replayed the entire is that game. Saint Kilda. It is, and they yeah, and then they lost. Um, so I think that's probably worse. But yeah, but still can't this is the worst one the whole fucking league. game. Grow up. Um, I mean, you're to just turn up again next week and hope they win. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they invent so, ways to lose. They invent ways to disappoint their fans. Um, let's speed run through a couple of these. Uh, spoiler alert to listeners: I was in Melbourne all weekend for a wedding, so I saw very little rugby league. Uh, team of the podcast: eighteen Newcastle Knights zero. Um, quick, quick fire notes on this one, guys. Sharks are good. Until uh, I've got to say, the yes, beat they like, are actually, the Knights were not on their didn't have their best in this game. Uh, Ponga, mm. worst game of his career, potentially. Uh, do want to see the Sharks play a good team, but they have uh, they've done enough to, to convince me the quality. Would you say if you had several wages, depending on the Sharks being good and the Bulldogs, Canberra, and Dragons being bad, that you were sitting pretty? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the people who did most of them are idiots, but yes, well, <laughs> yes, all the Bulldogs. Them, one, I mean, I God, say. that the off, the off season is a funny thing. It's great. People thought people. they were going to be better. not us. No, not us. Um, all right, we should talk about the main event. Um, I'll, I'll talk about my own experiences first. So I was go. I went out on Friday night. I there's like four people that still send me text messages rather than like internet. So I messaged them. Uh, and said, please don't text me about Seattle. So I'll be watching the game on delay for the first time in several years. I'm going out with some friends. It's Melbourne, blah, blah, blah. So avoided it, whatever. Went to two bars that didn't have TVs, that, that, that sort of bar. So Sounds like no, Melbourne. No, yep. Yeah. No, well, no, but yeah, but no dramas at all. Go to a third pub to meet some people because they'd gone to the AFL that night and the pub we were at, the bar we were at was a little tiki bar and it was too full. They couldn't get in. So we're like, all right, we'll go around the corner to this shitty pub, whatever. And it's still like, I'm fine. I'm sweet. It's the first half of Night's Sharks on the TV when we get there. So I'm like, oh, I got ages till they start showing the South. It's fine. They must have been showing like rapid fire recaps or something. Because then I go up to the bar the next time I go to get a drink, 15 minutes later, and it's six all in the South Penrith game. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then um, at that point, I've had like a lot of drinks as well. So I'm like, well, fuck. I'm just going to kind of half assedly watch this now and then. The next time I looked up, Lachlan Elias was scoring and I had no idea why it had been disallowed. And then the next time I looked up, he was hitting someone in the head for an eight-point try. And at that point, I was like, yeah, we lost I this debate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh, so didn't go back and watch the full game like I was planning on doing originally. Didn't say need to. Um, but uh, yeah, Ben. Um, so why, how come when Souths have a try where there's an obstruction, it's disallowed. But when Penrith do it, it's allowed to just be a try and an eight-point one at that. Um, because Isaac Togo is far cooler than anyone on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That, that is a very, very good point. <laughs> I was, of course, referencing like the dodgy screenshots that were doing the rounds from South fans on on Friday after some ticky tack obstruction on Ilias before the eight point try, which apparently led to him hitting someone in the head. So, with his feet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, whatever. From what I saw, seems like that moment was pretty pivotal. From what I again, from what I, little bits that I saw, it seems like. Souths were their own worst enemies again when it came to completion rate. Feels like it swung on a couple of big moments and a lot of drop ball from the Rabbitohs. But obviously you two watched it closer than I did. So am I am I at all in the right ballpark there, Ben? I think the like it was a it was a pretty close game, I thought, for most of it. I think the issue issue with Penrith and what Souths did well, and this has kind of been symptomatic of Penrith throughout the year so far and part of its injuries, but they've kind of conceded a lot of easier meters throughout the middle than they did at all last year. And I haven't got numbers in front of me, but like Cam Murray, obviously he does what he does, but even like Totola and Nichols, I thought were, were pretty good throughout the middle. And then like the forwards just, I don't know what it is with like our pack right now, but they're kind of just coasting through and you'll see like sets that start on the 10 and last year they like you be pretty confident that they'd get to like maybe the 40 and they have to put in a clearing like defensive kick and then this year, they're like, oh, fuck, they're like 35 metres out and they're bombing on us. So in that respect, it was kind of like, well, Souths, if they get a roll on here, if they get momentum, one would say, like they're, they're in with a shot here. Um, but then, yeah, like, I think just, you know, inexperience in the spine for Ilias overall. And I think Cook's had a pretty meh start to the year as well. So that was my big takeaway. That's right, mate. Peter Mamazoulos had a blind during New South Wales Cup, so we're fine. I, I think uh, I think you've watching that with a bit of a worry of your team too, Ben. You guys gained 10 more metres a set than the South did. You made like 500 more metres. Like, I, 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 I must sound like a Melbourne fan then. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was a, a performance, like 
South had periods of looking likely, but I thought like Penrith, it was their game for the taking pretty much the whole way through. And I just think I Cleary played bizarre football in this game. He looked, he almost played arrogant, like threw some passes that didn't need to throw. He just didn't seem to respect uh, the return to, to the, to the NRL or to playing. It was just South. trying to feed Isaac Tago. But it was weird. He was doing those weird backwards passes for no reason. I was like, man, there's no point doing that if you fool nobody. You know, when he goes one way, then back the other. But yeah, I thought there was more points there for them if, if they uh, if they wanted them. But I thought like Cam Murray was exceptional, as you said. But I do agree with you. There's a bit of a lack of go forward for Penrith outside of Isaiah Yo and Fisher Harris. We kind of knew that was going to happen anyway this year. And I think a lot of the other guys are made up for. I think like um, Crichton, Tago, uh, May now as well, and Edwards have made up, done a lot of the yardage work anyway for Penrith. I think they've all stepped up. Well, and I think the biggest thing that Penrith fans have been happy about is that Charlie Staines isn't getting completely folded every run. He's at least like he made 150 yeah, okay. meters and you know and, 60 post contact. So like Taylor May's taking his job though, isn't he? Well, I yeah, so. like I, I hope so, but. Um, but like he's doing his job right now, so I can't really complain about him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. We play. We've played really good teams. Plus round one Broncos, who weren't. You should be yet. nine and three from now. Like, like I've looked at our next, next eight games. Week. We get the Tommy Turboless Manly uh, and a bunch of other and a bunch of bum teams. So you have hopefully the Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers, Manly, Broncos replay, Warriors, Canberra, Tigers, bye. That's very nice. You very probably nice lose one or two. Year. That's how rugby league probably works. But but it's it could be a pretty quick spin from one and three to like yeah. seven and five. Yeah. All right. Let's jump ahead to Saturday. Um, again, you guys just have to carry me here. What else is new? Um, Warriors twenty, Broncos six. My Coltrane's in shambles. Um, I saw the first half of this game before I had to go somewhere. Um, I thought you picked. Did you pick the Broncos? No, I picked no. the Eels. No, I picked the Broncos. I thought you picked the Titans with me, or did you change it? I think I picked the Broncos. I hope I picked the Titans. Yeah. I, I know you were talking Broncos. Let's go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked the Broncos. Now. Maybe I didn't. Yeah. That'd be great if I didn't. Well, but yeah. I watched this game as though I did, so I was getting very frustrated at how stupid they are. And also, mm. um, <laughs> I'm sure you were also quite frustrated at how stupid they are. Mm. Yeah. Look, whilst obviously made some good signings in the off season, and one of them was missing this game. You can't replace 15 morons. And, you know, again, you can play in the players all you want, but when it's for so long that they get so many basic parts of the game wrong, you got to wonder. Like, we already knew Kevy wasn't a great coach. But you sit there and watch it, and it's like, why is that person bad in the same way? Like, why is he bad every week in X way? And as many players like that, it's like, what do they do when they go back to training? Like, like for example, Selwyn Cobbo has turned the ball over more than any player in the competition so far, right? And it's going to happen with like young fellas. Twenty turnovers in four games, right? Like, yeah, and it's like they just watching that happen. And seventeen, he's made he had seventeen errors. Next best on eleven is Katoni Stags. So but you they, know, so the same edge of the same team has a combined twenty eight errors, errors in in. So the Broncos and, right the Broncos right edge is making five errors a game basically, and we're just six errors, letting, six errors a game. Just watching it happen, mate. And the feeding Katoni Stags. I've been over that last week. It's garbage. He'll get ball. Yeah. He has to get the ball himself as well. It's not about just giving him the ball, but getting him quality ball and also mm-hmm. him finding himself other times. But you just look through it, and it's the same old shite. And you wonder what the hell's the plan? There ever seems to be a plan, and it'll be this week. Like Albert Kelly got hurt, and Tyson Gamble comes in. 
But there's word that he might end up dropping Jake Turpin, which again, I'm fine with. But the, the word is he's dropping for like Billy Walters. And it's like, mate, you should know. If, if you think Billy's a better hooker than Jake Turpin, you should have known that for me. It shouldn't be a few games. And it's the same thing when you look at Trent Barrett at the Bulldogs. Like, good coaches don't do that stuff. But on the other side of it, a good coach would not leave Selwyn Cobbo in the team right now. No matter the potential he has, we are not good enough to put up with one player dropping the ball 17 fucking times in That's four games times. in your back three. Essentially, mm. one of every four opposition sets, they get the ball back because of him. That's it. Like, essentially, if one of every four, like, they, teams only have like 30 to 40 sets. 10% of the game, Cobbo's given the ball back. It's six errors this game by himself. Like, yeah. Like, so many. And, <laughs> so again, many errors. Bags of potential, right? Mm. But there's there's somewhere else he can play and, and fulfill that potential. He can go back to reserve grade even for two or three weeks. Yeah. And what's the point of signing? I don't like Jordan Pereira as a player that much, right? What's the point of signing him if you can't play him when Cobo's playing like this? Yeah. Stags is a different kettle of fish because it's Katoni Stags. The, the whole thing we have this idea, and, and you know it, it's 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 Brisbane caught habit. on in America in recent years for the, in their sports as well. We have this idea that, you know, if we've got these young players who we think are eventually going to be good, we will overlook every single flaw that they have to keep them in the team no matter what. And it's kind of like when you have a rookie quarterback who's throwing three and four picks every week, but you just keep him in the team anyway because reasons. And it, it's kind of the same principle here. I mean, there is no reason why you can't just get whoever your next best winger is. I guess it is Jordan Pereira to just come in and play there for a couple weeks, let him go down and play for whichever feeder club and, and, yeah. you know, stat pad against whomever for a couple of weeks. Is, doesn't is matter. Right. I mean, if they talk comparing to the trail who got, he got dropped when he was young mm. a couple of times, like so Ali right now. Yeah. So if, if he didn't play lead boots, man, round one, he would not have had a single good moment in first grade this season because he hasn't had a good moment in the, in the three games since. Yeah, 55 meters against the dog, 93 this, uh, against the Cowboys, 125 against the Warriors. And teams are now kicking to him the entire game. I'm not writing someone Cobo off, but it's like you can't watch, you're just watching that guy out there, sending him to the Wolves and just watching it happen. And they've done nothing to like, like yeah. there's no extra blockers going in front of him. There's no seems to be any strategy about like protecting him, nothing. There's that. And then like you just every week it's the same garbage. And we all knew Kevy was temporary and replaced in the long run, but. This team is well, not the same shite team, if, but it's still shit in the same ways. <laughs> so they're playing the Roosters out. in prime time this week where I'm assuming Daniel Tupo will dunk on him a few times and that might be the catalyst, actually. Well, the thing is, mate, we've been we've beat the Roosters. Like, okay, last year we beat the Roosters once. The second time we lost to them by one point with mm. that. Uh, and that the, the team we beat them with, by the way, Dale Copley started that game. We had a bad team we beat them last year. They haven't got a problem getting up for the big teams. Mm. But the Broncos are not good enough to not turn up against the fucking Warriors. Like, they're not like sometimes good teams, they don't turn up against crap teams, or whatever, and they're still a good side. They'll lose some teams. But the yeah. Broncos lose. You guys more had games that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I remember you beat Para. You should have probably beaten Penrith. Like, you had some good moments last year against good teams. We only lost by Pen- to Penrith by what, six and eight last year. Yeah. Pangai was awesome in one of those games from memory. Yeah. But, but this anyway. game, again, this game, they have the same issues. They had no, they can't keep possession. They get dumb mm. penalties away. And we watch it happen every week and nothing changes. And and when it does change, it'll be some panic merchant. Like you'll shuffle the team list this week 
But when you shuffle, if you get me, like Cobo should be dropped and probably should Tessie as well. Tessie probably has another week in him. Been terrible. I say, speaking of watching it happen, Hezzy knew. Oh my God. Yeah. Hezzy, Hezzy, great Hezzy nickname knew. from you. Hezzy knew. He had no interest. Like three or four times I kicked behind Corey Oates when it's fullbacks ball. And old man Corey is turned around and beat Tessie to the ball. You're yeah. kidding me. And he's watching it. But again, he should be getting absolutely pounded for that stuff or get sent to reserve grade, mate. You earn that yeah. jersey. And for example, at the Dragons, I didn't like they brought Moses Mboy in, but Sloan took the piss and Sloan copped it. That's it. You know, Tessie, you're taking the piss. If you don't want to, if you don't want to earn your spot in first grade, fuck off back to reserve grade. And well, David someone Mead, else takes a job. That's down. it. Yeah. And yeah. they're not great players, but that's the management thing. But instead of what they'll do, mate, they'll probably lose again and then they'll just shuffle it. And then if it doesn't work, they'll go, ah, fuck someone else. And then we'll blame the players not trying hard enough. They're just going to get Katoni Stags the ball more, in my humble opinion. That's it, mate. Um, and they'll, and they'll still win some games. They have good players, yeah. but whatever. And then the Warriors in this game were disgraceful. And they won. They were yeah. shithouse. Um, all right. Let's speed run a couple of these. Manly 25, Raiders 6. Um, very much a come down for Canberra after last week's amazing comeback. Um, didn't Ricky see a second of this. Seat. Okay, good. He just should be. Like, Will he be? No, he won't be. And a lot of people, they won't admit it, but like, come on. <laughs> like, are we really doing this shit that like, is Matt Frawley really going to like play hooker this year or year? Maybe. Just, uh, yeah, not good. Yeah. They look like the same. They look yeah. like, again, they're, they're a team. They have won a couple of games, but this round five of the season, Jack White's actually playing well. He is playing well. He's no playing well. Team really is. They play the Stormers uh, League. Yeah. They, that could go one of two ways. And they, and they look like... <laughs> What by forty or by thirty? Well, no, they always get up for the storm. So, like, they could randomly <laughs> yeah, just win no. this game, and then we're like, sitting here next week. They're three and two. They've beaten the storm and the sharks, and we're like, going, oh, they're, they're like, going all right. Ricky cannot, you know, leave Emre Gould on for thirty-seven minutes. Play Papali for forty-five. Play Tarpany for forty-three. Like, don't it, Elliot Whitehead, the captain, plays thirty-one minutes, doesn't come back on the field. Like, mm. what are we still doing here? Doing this stuff at the Raiders for? Uh, I know Had enough this week, as you could hear. Well, I know a lot of their fans are frustrated. <laughs> About Sutton not playing as well because he's dead Let's to sign elsewhere for next year. He's a, he's yeah. a good player. And it's, oh. you know, it, it, exactly good teams again or good coaches that ha- wouldn't care about that. But instead, he's got spiteful thing with Sutton for daring to, fo- to get a better deal for himself. And they're going to play Emre Gula and who's it's hurting. Yep. Like Ryan Sutton still got his contract, mate. And you're getting your losses. Um, yeah. Uh, Roosters 28, Cowboys 4. Uh, the Roosters are back. We should have just cold trained them. We overthought it. I thought the Cowboys would get closer. <laughs> like <an idiot. laughs> what do I know? But Any, uh, anything, Ben? <laughs> three sin bins from the Cowboys. That was good. Um, yeah. great. Yeah. Nah. You got anything? Yeah. All right. Yuck. Uh, Yuck. Sam Walker. Well, still... Sam Walker can't yeah, goal go. kick. He's terrible. No, goal he's kicking. really bad at it. You've been doing uh, the numbers. He's he's out. He's down there in the white territory, right? Uh, Jeremiah and I is bad again. That's what I've got. Don't there you, you dare talk shit about <laughs> one of the cornerstones of the fighting mongooses. Um, yeah, Val Holmes has been a shining light at center for them, which has been weird. Uh, the hammer's out this week, so they've got drink water at fullback. And I actually think that might be better for them. Like, obviously, they're trying to fit the hammer in and, and develop him. But again, he doesn't look f- ready for full-time NRL football at fullback. So yeah. I think they might be a bit better with um, with drink water back there. We'll see. Um, Maybe like, the, the Cowboys but, pack is just, it's just ass. And like, they keep... Persisting with Tanoa Brown and McLean, like why? Yeah, uh, the Roosters—they're uh, they're fine, aren't they? They're yeah, 
<laughs> the, pack, the Cowboys one is a strange. This like the reason why I didn't they'd be good this year is that once I thought once that that pack got in the back foot they get smashed. But in a couple of games, have somehow maintained their line speed. That like Cohen Hess has played above above his level, but he he wasn't in he wasn't playing in this game, and it shouldn't make their middle so much worse when Cohen Hess is out. But it does because yeah. you see more Tanua Brown and Jordan McLean. Um, we we talk about um, talk about how they want to change the rules again to bring all the star players and the little men back into the contest. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen seems to be doing okay with the new rules. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the boy uh, from Kellyville. Yeah. Um, 44 nil to the storm. He scored a lot of tries. Um, they're, they're good. This was a, this was a, I mean, I know the Bullocks fans are pretty realistic, but there were other people around that were sort of pumping their tires a little bit just because they kept a couple of games close, but this was them coming back to earth with a resounding thud. Yeah, there's nothing like going to Melbourne to find the level of team you are. Like you find out pretty fast if you if you can because you sometimes you get teams go down there and the Parramatta did it and they competed. There's nothing like finding oh actually we're shit. Like the Bulldogs are going oh no fuck we actually are shit. <laughs> we kept it close to those other teams. You go to Melbourne you find where you belong. And the Storm, their bench had had issues throughout the season, but bringing Brandon Smith back obviously, well sorry not Brandon Smith onto the bench with Josh King at lock, but bringing Brandon Smith off the bench has been great for them in this game. It made a difference. And then, yeah, Pappenhausen had his way with them. So did uh, Xavier Coates was all over Josh Adokar. Most predictable thing ever, but it happened. And then the, the uh, Bulldogs had another shuffle and they will have another one this weekend, which is, I'm sure this is the one that's going to work. Flano it back. Uh, beyond Flano, the Flano's, Flano's back, baby. Yeah. Well, this, just, one, this is the one that'll work. Yeah. If, they lo- if we lose them on Good Friday, I will officially hit the panic button. Uh, Parramatta... Came close to 50. They didn't get there. Um, uh, Bryce Cartwright had the tries to the season so far. But um, yeah, they they were, they were good, I assume. I was literally out of wedding when this game was on. So again, didn't think there was much value in going back to watching a shellacking. I saw a couple of tries. That was it. Para, good. Dragons, bad. Appreciate yeah, it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Sloan probably deserved a couple of weeks getting being dropped. Because again, he was taking the piss and being stroppy on the field, and you, you can't do that in first grade. Go to that in reserve grade. But Jesus Christ, they did they not pick on Moses and by from like from kickoff? <laughs> like they didn't leave him alone. The Eels hey, just went at Moses at fullback the entire game, and right. it worked. Well, speaking about it during the game, it's like dropping Sloan wasn't the like it was the right move, but it was it's right process, wrong result. Yeah, it's like geez, you like I don't like Cody Ramsey, right? I don't love think he's that great, but he wouldn't have been as bad as Embiid if he was fit. At fullback there, and that's probably what they would would have done if M by um if so he Bird, was fit. Jack Bird at fullback, mate. Mate, Jack Bird, new position every three weeks. So gotta love that. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we usually talk about how good fullback is forever. Yeah, there's a couple. It's 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 there's a Tessie New starting somewhere. There's an M by starting elsewhere. There's Matt Dufty still. Where the fullbacks go? Bring them back to PVL. Still, <laughs> still a few going. Well, I mean, the Bulldogs have an origin winning fullback sitting there, and they just refuse to play him. It's it's maddening. I'll stop. T- oh, God, I'm so off Tessie. You didn't even get on him today, but I'm like, you're saying I, bring I, Corey home. Well, why not? I, I like, fuck yes. Uh, the, fa- like, the one thing you want from a fullback, right, is giving a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you might not be the best at anything, whatever, but when the other team kicks the ball, like, run fast for it. It's not a lot to expect, but apparently it is too much for Hezzy and you. <laughs> yeah. Killing Corey me. Allen. Remember, he scored a try on one leg in a prelim. That was cool. Yes. Hero. We lost that game. Doesn't I was going to say, didn't, yeah. Yeah, but he, he, yeah. Uh, all right. It's a triumphant loss. Yeah, it was. It was a brave so loss. Bra- yes. So brave. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on um, to some games I actually did watch. 
uh, the NRLW finals. Um, Sunday morning, low key, bumper day of sport. There was WrestleMania, there was March Madness Final Four, there was NRLW finals. It, it does, but I watched the final four, but um, and then and and this as well. Um, yeah, fantastic pair of games. Um, the highlight for me in this first one with the Dragons winning was Steph Hancock scoring, and then despite her team needing to score again with 20 seconds left, just booting the fuck out of the ball in celebration, <laughs> which I low key loved. Um, Emma Tonegato, which this has happened while we were recording, she's got her charge downgraded so she can play. In the grand final. And uh, Mitch, you have to say that the Dragons will probably go into this game as favorites. Yeah, by some distance. I mean, I didn't say it in the, the other game, but this was the angriest I was at referees as a footy fan in a weekend for a long time. I'm not afraid of being a ref falter. People want to say I'm not a ref falter, but no, fuck them. Like they, in the other game, Tom Flegler's Symbian was ridiculous. None of them were penalties. The last thing he did when he didn't get Symbian was the one he's had to go off the field for. All the ones early in the game weren't penalties, let alone enough to get on report or Simeon. They're all f- like two of them are fines. One didn't even get a charge. The, yeah. the, his hip drop at the end of the game was a bad one. I thought that was shocking refereeing, but I didn't excuse the male Broncos because they're fuckheads. Firstly, I can't, I don't, I don't like, but like they just, they're, they're so often they get behind a couple of bad calls. They don't bounce back from adversity. Uh, the, the females, the, the women's team, sorry. They haven't, um, They've had teams step to them this year a bit more than they have in prior years. I thought guys, like girls like Ali Brigginshaw didn't have a great season. I think the uh, the game has gone past her, but her name will will keep her in representative size at least another year in, in the Broncos team. But they copped some awful calls and got behind and honestly didn't know what to do. But they caught that. The Roosters deserve their win. They came back from 16-0 down within like 15 minutes. But that call before Keely Joseph's try, the number of them, Absolutely fucked and embarrassing. And if it happened, if all three of them happened in the men's game, it'd be all the talk this week. The the one the the, the one where she grounds the ball short of the try line and rolls and the, the ball rolls forward. it. That might be with the benefit of having a bunker. That might genuinely be the worst try I've ever seen given. Yeah. So uh, we did see. I was watching it on Fox, and the replay I saw for nine. The nine commentary team all understood it wasn't a try. That was refreshing. The Fox ones were all cool with it from first, but it went from like try given then to confirm then to reviewed. But if you haven't seen this, Keely Joseph lands like five centimeters short, bounces, ball comes out of her hands, and then she slides forward with a Bronco then grabbing the loose ball above her and they gave it a try. But before that, they got penalized for a legal one-on-one strip. Like there was two girls in the tackle. One, like uh, who like Amber Hall let go. And walked away, and then Chelsea Lenarduzzi stole the ball, and they got penalised, and just had to wear it. And then it was another time Emily Bass, who's the right winger. Now she thought she made a mistake, but she didn't. But she thought she did. She thought she knocked on and gone into touch, fielding a kick. She'd knocked back and then not touched the sideline. And because she stayed on the ground, the referees just called it a knock on, and it's like. Just because the girl thought she dropped it, that's it's your job to say you didn't touch the sideline, Emily. But she didn't. She was like half a meter from it. She thought she did, and then they t- so those three calls happened in quick succession, and then the Rooster scored. And at that point, I was like, this game's over. Not because of anything, but it was like Chelsea's strip was important for them because that was a team being on the back for about thirty minutes. It was going to get the ball back for their team, and they were going to probably go across halfway. But instead of getting the ball back, they were on their goal line defending. You know, and they were pretty yeah. gassed. And then from then on, they didn't look like getting back into the game. 
And I was right. Uh, Isabel Kelly was fantastic. And I don't like it running at her. Like, I know they want to feed Tamika up, then she prefers left hand side left field. Kelly was smashing anyone towards the end of the game. But yeah, that those decisions you said, mate, there was, you're not seeing many worse. There probably has been worse. I still think the worst call I've ever seen without review is still the offside. Sindin. Sindin. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the one, on, the weird thing too is that they, they let, it was like the referee forgot the one on one strip rule. Gave that penalty, and then the Roosters did one, and there was she'd remembered. Then it was like she'd ah oh, fuck, you're actually allowed to do that. It's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> Wasn't good, and uh, but it's good. You know, they didn't need to break the team up. The Broncos, what a shock! They uh, other teams stood up this year. They were outplayed by the Dragons and won. Uh, and uh, won the Titans Lost beat the them Titans. without yep. Melly and Million uh, Upton. And in this game, they looked fantastic for the first twenty or thirty. Mm-hmm. Opened the door and then couldn't get back in control, and, that, and the other team beat them. And you know, next year they're probably going favourites, but I actually think they need to um, look at pulling, putting Ali back at lock before they come back next year. Ben, are the Broncos frauds? No, <laughs> good. Uh, and they'll play the Dragons, who were pretty good against Titans. Titans got a couple of late tries to give interesting, but comprehensive win for Saints. Jamie Sowers done a brilliant job. Uh, grand final this weekend. Um, who do we like, boys? It's a shame it's in. It's a shame it's in. I obviously would have wanted to go, but it's a shame it's in Queensland. Well, so, that was it. The, what? the Broncos played their home final in Leichhardt, and then the grand final was in Queensland. <laughs> this is like, yeah, this is like vintage, it, like McIntyre era nonsense, where Brisbane are playing home games in Sydney, and then a grand final is in a venue that suits no one. So, um, yeah. why is this game in Redcliffe? It'd be. It would have been for the Broncos. Uh, the Brisbane uh, game. I mean, it, yeah, but like, just just move it. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Just play it at Leichhardt. Uh, you'd you'd say like the dragons look the best team for the entire competition, and whilst the roosters like they kind of they snuck into the finals and stood up last week, it's hard to see them doing it again, in my opinion. I agree. I think think it's the dragons uh, dragons game to lose, but hopefully it's just a good game. There've been really really high quality games this year. Um, long may continue. Long yeah, really really has Ben. Any, oh no, Ben hates women, so he's got no opinions on this. <laughs> He's I'm usually out. He loves it. Yeah. I'm usually out. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I actually I was out all of Sunday, so I missed the games. But the, the bits that I have seen throughout the season, um, yeah, I, I watched like Dragons like just completely rolled. I think it was the Knights one game. I was watching it while I was at the gym because I go to the gym. That's what I do. And um, gym guy, yeah, gym guy. But no, like mm. knowing the very little about about NRW that I do, because um, yeah, I, I'd say Dragons, and I probably put money on it. So that's nice. what I do. All right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, anything else you want to talk about, Mitchell. Yes, we missed the storm, the signings, and Kalen uh, Ponga stuff. That why people oh, the Kalen Ponga meeting, of course. Yes, um, Knights fans are losing their goddamn minds about Kalen Ponga having a, a meeting and a strawberry milkshake with Wayne Bennett this week. Yeah, I mean, it was quite funny that it came out literally the day after he had lunch with him. The day after a secret meeting, it's like so secret. His agent waited twelve hours to tell the media. Like it wasn't like there was a photo of it or anything either from fans, but I have no idea why people are so upset about it. And it looks like that the Knights are going to meet his demands now. It's like, yeah, it was obviously a ploy, but yeah, it, it's it's just the way the rules work. The only thing you gave me shit when you signed like Clemmer and Frizzell and everyone a year early when you signed Ponga like a year and a half before he could go to the Knights. I think they gave a shit in the first place, and so now people give a shit because of Ponga. It's just going to be yeah. another one-year extension with seventeen years of player it options. Is. 
I'm on a, like I'm of the opinion, mate. Like I I rate Kalen as potential. They obviously are not. They're not going to say he's garbage. I'm not an idiot, but I'm of the opinion. And if they if he wants 1.3 million dollars, and I'm the Knights, I wouldn't give it to him. Like as you said, he has he's always the contracts wants outs. He's not fully committed in that sense. Every year seems to be on that hunt for another gig, but also like he doesn't play enough games, and when he does, he doesn't play his best enough. And at 1.3 million dollars, I think you want to guarantee a few things. You know, well not guarantee, but you know, you want to have seen it happen. Obviously, there's no guarantees in sport, but you want to like, mate, okay, let's have good 24 games for you for once. Yeah, I, I, I don't know like what the market is for other fullbacks, but I mean, the, there's surely a point where the Knights would just go, right, if you are 1.3, you have to like, they'd want X, Y, Z, or like you can, mm. we're not going to give you that money. We'll spend like eight or nine of it or whatever on this fullback who's pretty mm. good, not as good as you, but pretty good. And then we can upgrade, you know, other That's spots. It, oh, just I think he's going to settle around one or one point one at the Knights, but they they're not the team they were, and obviously you don't want to let Kalen Ponga just walk. But I I do think that they are good enough to win without him. And if he wanted that big bucks, it's like go to Redcliffe. And it's also the same coin that I think uh, Redcliffe could also benefit from paying him a lot of money because they ha- they have cap space, help them make a splash, help them be the po- him be the poster boy of the club. I think he ended up saying it newy, but I still think he's going to get what you said there, Ben. He's going to have all those weird clauses that he can still talk to the All Blacks for some reason in a year and talk to whoever. Like, which for me, I just at that point, I just, I just let him walk. Honestly, if he wouldn't, if he doesn't sign like an actual committed contract. That's when I'd be like, well, fuck it. Go go get him one one and a half million dollars from Redcliffe. Yeah. Um, in some other re-signing news, uh, we mentioned Jeremiah and I will be staying with one the cow- uh, Yeah, weird one. Uh, and again, we get to revisit Michael Luck being spelled wrong every time. Mm. Every time. Yeah. Bothers and then all the Storm me. players re-signed. Yeah, that's a weird one. All of them. Uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah. The reason yeah, I want to talk about those like Xavier Coast till the end of 2026 yeah. and Harry Grant till the end of 2025. Yeah, the reason I want to speak about that is just because like the the Ponga discussion led to people talking like, has anyone ever paid a player a million dollars and like gone well? It's like, yeah, the good teams do that. We just don't care. Like Tedesco's on a million bucks, nobody gives a shit. Yep. No one's questions Tommy Turbo's contract now. No one's no one's no one even cares what the storm players are making. <laughs> like we doesn't get reported. Nobody cares. It works at good teams. It's just if you pay a player a million dollars and expect him to change your fortunes, it won't work. But just if you know, like the storm know who Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes are. They think they gave Jerome Hughes like eight hundred k or whatever. He's pretty good. They're not, of, yeah, they're not afraid of paying the money. Be good, and that's it. They're just funny. It was really funny here in the off season that they were losing like three shite forwards. It it was all over. The storm dreams, were done. Dreams dead. Uh, but then they keep all the good ones. Like oh, maybe maybe it's not that bad losing the Bromwich brothers and Kalise Fafusi. <laughs> That, that's Kafusi with hair again, is it? Yeah. He's doing his best. Um, all right. Uh, before we go, let's take a quick chat to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. So that's patreon.com forward slash NROBMRookers. You want to support us? Uh, you get some merchandise, access to a Discord server, entry to next year's Culture and Cup, other bonuses as well. The shout out's a little bit different this week because it's like weird couple of first days of the month where like a bunch of people's things lapse and then they reappear a couple of days later. So if, you, if you've come to expect and find comfort in the exact order of which I read the shout-outs, you are prepared to be discomforted. Ben's one of those people, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he won't like... This is going to rattle him. But anyway... Uh, I, I, I enjoy to, some ASMR. Sorry. A thank you to Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Cullinane, 
Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Josh Tommy 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield score, Seymour Butt, Stephen Hickey, Schwartz, Ty, TV, the black vegetable, the human ice cream, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Waz. Thank you so much for your new support. Um, to everyone who I'm sure will be back when I refresh this again tomorrow, and to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone just listens, thank you as well. Ben, where can people find uh, your work? Uh, beyondthefence.com.au. It's got you know links to all the other stuff I do. So if you just go there, that's the, the one-stop shop for any rubbish that I do. Yeah. Hey, it's good stuff. Don't say yourself. No, it's good. It's a good article this week. I'll give it a read. He says lots of big words, which will confuse many of us as rugby league fans. <laughs> yeah. But Google Mitch- your friend. If you don't know... <laughs> What I'll, I'll, I'll release is. the simple Apparently. English version. <laughs> Mitch saying something is good is like such high praise as well. He hates everything. So, you know. I do. That's his only praise he'll get. It. But, uh, oh, you know, it. he says words like ostensibly and parody. Mm. You, good thing but you didn't have to read it. No, I just read some of them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not self-aggrandizing. It's no, I, I did. Well, that's not the part. Well, you said administrative peacocking, which I like. That was a good phrase. That's strong. Thank a you. peacock is a bird for those out there who don't know what it is. <laughs> it's not mating season. And administrative is what the NRL doesn't do. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I like that we got to end this podcast with some education. All right. Yes. Thank you, Ben. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. All right, it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>